Beer and Honey, the German football pod. Beer and Honey, the German football pot. Today, it's a Germany international special. Julian Nagelsmann's men travel to the US and win 3-1. And big surprise, his outfit isn't even the main talking point this time. Or perhaps it is. Here to discuss everything about this game and a bit more is uh, Rafael Onishan. And Christoph Biermann. Please go to steadyhq.com slash en slash beer and honey to sign up, or even better, to become a Beer and Honey Ultra and get a little mug in return. Uh, we do so appreciate your support. If you can help us in any way, please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Hello, dear listener. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in on a Sunday for a very special little Beer and Honey episode. Julian Nagelsmann had his debut as Germany manager and perhaps we wouldn't necessarily cover a Germany friendly uh, in the normal circumstances, but this time they traveled to the US and uh, we got a first glimpse at Julian Nagelsmann's outfit, <laughs> pun intended. Christoph, the result was a 3-1. What was your overall impression? Of this first game, um, uh, of the outfit. <laughs> of, let's start with the game. First. <laughs> Why not with the outfit? I, I'd like okay, to start. Okay, I see with you it. want to talk about Julian Nagelsmann's outfit. Fine, go ahead. Uh, so, so it. I, I don't. So, so I, I, I have to confess if um, uh, that I don't know if Con Connecticut, um, because they were playing in Hartford, Connecticut. Is a kind of um, an area of the U.S. where there are a lot of trees, and uh, lumberjacks are um, uh, around in numbers. And if uh, Julian Nagelsmann's uh, outfit was some kind of cultural appropriation, <laughs> or if it was a nod towards Neil Young or whatever, um, uh, but but. Everybody is talking about it uh, right now, and even uh, uh, our producer York was fascinated by it and gave us the information um, that it was a suggestion from the outfitter of the German uh, national team. And um, because um, the German national team has an outfitter, and so we had this um, blue, yellow flannel sh oval shirt and uh, yeah um, I think it looked did it look good I don't know interesting um. <laughs> interesting yes I think that's the right word I mean th the interesting thing for me isn't so much the shirt but the fact that he actually wore something that has people talking because I was sure <laughs> after all this I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to simplify things. He's going to just dress super straight in a black shirt or some kind of DFB sweatshirt or even a tracksuit to avoid all of this discussion. But I guess 
he cannot help himself. Where others tinker with tactics, he likes to be slightly, yeah, individualistic with his fashion choices. Um, but it was still within the realms of propriety, I would say. Um, no monogrammed suit <laughs> or things we have seen in the past. Or, or strange patterns on trousers and... Um yeah. Um, uh, very loud colors. Uh, the the infamous red coat he was once wearing. Yeah, uh, I'm just worried that now that he gets again so much attention about this fashion choice, <laughs> he's going to be tempted to wear something even more noticeable for the next game against Mexico. But le le let's see, let's see. Um, luckily for him, Christoph, as much as you want to talk about Julian <laughs> Nagelsmann's shirt. It wasn't really the main story of this game because Germany won, as we said, and they won, especially in the second half, playing some good football, which in itself is a big story considering how poor this Germany team have been in recent years, not just months. Yeah, um, it was actually fun to watch, um, I, I would say. And, and also um, the story of them being one nil down after Christian Pulisic's um, great goal um, that gave um, the UN, uh, US men's national team the 1-0 lead in the first half, um, they not only come back somehow, but played a lot of convincing football, created a lot of goal chances, dominated uh, the game, especially in the second half. Um, almost totally, and so yeah, it 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 was um, it was exactly what everybody uh, around the German national team at the German FA. Um, we, we still have to keep in mind that next year there is this um, European Championship in Germany um, that hasn't created a buzz at all in in Germany. Um, so. Um, How they played, yeah, it was like a, uh, a an Aufbruch. Is that Fußballdeutsch? I don't know. It's a hmm, Aufbruch. Yeah, we had it. I think we had it already with with other teams. Aufbruchstimmung. What would be the translation? Learning Fußballdeutsch with beer and honey. I don't know if we did find a translation for that word. Um, Aufbruch is to break something open and a mood um, of things changing or things moving in the right direction. That's the best I can come up with. Yeah. Um, but Raphael, um, uh, Julian Nagelsmann said, and, and you already mentioned it briefly, um, that he wanted to... Wanted to um, have something like a simplified version of his football that he had been um, uh, that he had been playing at Bayern, at Leipzig, at Hoffenheim, uh, and so on. And uh, so, what is it? What, what what did we see there? So we saw actually um, not the easiest of formations to play. It was the four-two-two-two. That he likes to play sometimes with uh, not real wingers, but very inverted wingers and two center forwards that were quite different, but 
were nevertheless the furthest up the pitch in Niklas Fulkrug and uh, Leroy Sané. And I guess the idea of this kind of system and of Julian Nagelsmann football on the whole is to get a lot of people into the box and to have a lot of situations of uh, high transitions, of uh, good gegenpressing, and then the second wave, as he calls it, more and more people um, being in and around the box with an ability to to create stuff. And in the second half, they won some important challenges in midfield and then were very quick in using all these uh, options that they had up front. The downside to this game is that it lacks a bit of natural width, especially when you have fullbacks that are a little bit limited or quite limited. In the case of uh, Jonathan Tarr as a right back, uh, not not ideal, I think, for this uh, formation. And, of course, once you play through all these midfielders, then uh, there isn't that much protection uh, for the back four even. We saw that when Christian Pulisic had a lot of time, a lot of space to, to score, admittedly, a, a great goal. So, But I think the fact that Germany scored a lot of goals, the fact that Germany played with a sense of creativity, with a sense of fun, that, from a German perspective, is the most encouraging result uh, beyond the actual numbers of the goals being scored. Um, you mentioned John, uh, Jonathan Tarr as, as a right-back. Um, it was um, the central defenders were Antonio Rüdiger and Mats Hummels who returned after uh, two years not being with the German national team and... Um, Uh, Robin Gosens was on the on the was a left defender. Uh, Pascal Gross replaced um, uh, Joshua Kimmich, who had caught a cold and couldn't play. Um, but but uh, if you look at at this um, formation, was there something that surprised you, or someone who surprised you? <laughs> Not really. Why? Why did you have someone in mind? Yeah, I I, I, I liked uh, Pascal Gross actually, um, who is um, who is a very important player for Brighton and uh, under De Zerbi. I mean, he uh, already before uh, De Zerbi, he was uh, one of the key players at at Brighton. But I think um, that you could see that. Um, um, how good he is, aside um, from Ilkay Gunuan, who was probably, together with Leroy Sané, the best player of the um, uh, of the German team. Um, uh, but, but the surprise, in a way, um, for me, was um, to put uh, Jonathan Tarr, who is a natural central defender, actually, uh, on, on the right side. And that reminded me a bit... Um, Uh, of Arne Friedrich, um, who in his days was uh, in his team, uh, in his club team, was always playing as a center defender, central defender, but uh, helping out uh, on the right side in defense for 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 many games with the uh, German national team, and that shows me um, also a bit the pragmatic approach that. Um, Julian Nagelsmann is having uh, to play him here and that he 
uh, with all what, what you are saying, bringing a lot of people um, uh, close to the box or inside the box and, and sometimes almost trying to strangle the opponent um, high up the pitch um, that you uh, need in the back uh, solid people <laughs> who, who do the defensive work. Yeah, and you don't have to go back all the way to Anne Friedrich. You can talk about uh, Benny Hövedes. Um, you know, on the left for, for Germany in the World Cup. Um, and uh, on the right, who was it then? I think Jerome Boateng played as, as right back in the so-called Ochsenspieß <laughs> uh, for Germany. Um, uh, yeah, a, a row of four centre-backs that they started with in the, uh, in the 2014 World Cup. Also, Hansi Flick was playing centre-backs recently in wide areas. And Nico Schlotterbeck on the left, uh, less successful than uh, Jonathan Tarr's outing this time. Schlotterbeck, one of the players left out by Julian Nagelsmann, which was, which was quite interesting, along with Emre Can. But yeah, I think um, one thing that came across in some of the things that the players said afterwards that they felt that Nagelsmann got his message across very effectively. I think Niklas Füllkrug said he has a natural authority, not a fake one, which I think was an interesting <laughs> interesting um, phrase uh, from a play. And I wonder how much of that was, was a reflection on maybe the previous incumbent. But yeah, they, in a very kind of, good-natured and and funny and entertaining way, which sometimes can be a little bit too much uh, for Julian, he managed to get the players to enjoy what they're doing. And I think that's a key thing because in recent months, it felt as if going to the national team was a chore, was something that you thought, oh, you know, it's going to be bad Uh, it's a friendly anyway, then they're going to criticize us for not running enough, for not wanting us enough, and, uh, and here I am again. But going back to that sense of momentum, sense of progress, I think the climate around this Germany team seems to have changed for the better since uh, Hansi Flick has, has gone. And Nagelsmann, I think, with his, uh, yeah, always very kind of good-natured and, and relaxed attitude seems to be also managing the atmosphere, the mood quite well, is my sense. Yeah, and, and maybe we also have to talk about Sandro Wagner in, in this context. Sandro Wagner, who is the um, his assess assistant coach, um, and he will be in this role only until the European Championship. That's uh, for sure now, because he wants to be become the head coach of a club team or maybe one of the other uh, German uh, national teams under whatever uh, in times to come. Sandro Wagner um, made his name in, in Germany uh, not so much as a player, sometimes also as a player, but very much as a TV pundit uh, where he in a very vivid way uh, was able to explain what was going on on the pitch and he was um, in his first stint as a, a club coach with Unterhaching 
a, a small club uh, uh, on the outskirts of Munich, bringing them from the fourth level of German football to the Dritte Liga. Um, was successful, but but quit um, after he managed to bring them up and is now uh, with the uh, German FA. And everybody is praising him a lot, um, especially Julian Nagelsmann himself, because he brings something, uh, he brings a lot of expertise um, on the one side, but on the other side, something, I would say, old-fashioned footballerish, uh, um, like the... Um, a funny way of banter and uh, always having having something funny to say and uh, and so on and i think he helps also uh, creating a good atmosphere but not o only as the atmosphere guy also but also um uh, on the uh, on the footballing side so um but but my question is or what i was wondering is um, that this team was just desperate for somebody, somebody showing them the way and giving them a plan. And then you can say, if they have a plan that is decent, not, uh, uh, not phenomenal or whatever, but, but a decent plan that they can um, work off, um, then they can be good. Yeah, they can be good. And uh, unless you show them uh, documentary documentaries <laughs> about Greg Geese, they, I think they're also enjoying themselves. I mean, Musiala, I thought, was was interesting in this pre-match press conference, talking about fun all the time, you know, how much fun he has playing with Florian Wirtz, how much fun it is to, um, to kind of play with freedom. And Julian Nagelsmann, despite his reputation as being very tactical and very sort of detailed coach, I think found just the right amount of structure and uh, freedom for this team, especially at the national team where you cannot micromanage specific moves to that extent or you shouldn't even try. Um, perhaps you can do that with a big competition when you have more time with a team to, to prepare, but not in a friendly where you have maybe two decent training sessions. There was just enough of a of a framework to bring good players into good positions, which I think is ultimately what good coaching is about. But let's talk about some of the negatives, some of the things that didn't work. Did you have a concern with the, with the defense? Mats Hummels was there. He looked at times a little bit nervous by his own admission, uh, perhaps also less surprisingly, not the quickest of players. Uh, is this a long-term viable concept or is he just here to manage this change and then when the Euros come along, we'll see somebody different on that, in that space? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, he, uh, if Mats Hummels uh, returned to stay. Um, at least until the Euros, uh, I think then then it will be over. Um, but um, after the Euros or until the Euros? Uh, after the Euros, when will it be over? After, okay, after. so he will be at the Euros. You think? 
Let's see. Uh, let's see how his his form in the Bundesliga is is developing. If he's not picking up any injuries and and so on, but but in general, I think he um, he can be very helpful. And uh, yes, we know about his uh, his problems. Uh, you said he is not not the fastest player. He is not the most agile player, but he has so much experience. Um, that um, uh, that these problems very rarely you can also see it in the Bundesliga become actual problems, and I think it's um, this is also uh, um, has to do with organization and um, uh, Nagelsmann and and some of the players explained after the match that they reshuffled things at halftime because um, uh, the um the US team was was overloading the side where Jonathan Tarr was playing so the right defensive side they had problems with it they had some problems with um uh, the US team getting behind the defense in the first uh, 30 minutes especially and um and we didn't see these problems anymore in the second half and uh, that was uh, i think also a result of the tactical adjustment so um um, so, so I think it's these all these um, tactics are uh, very often about not uh, so that the um, the weaknesses of your team are not exposed too much. And when we talk about a weakness of um, uh, Mats Hummels, for example, um, his speed, um, uh, you can you can find ways to organize um, that uh, this. Um, uh, does not lead to any problems. Where do we go from here? Um, Mexico on Tuesday night. Another chance for, for a decent result. is Have these friendlies become a real opportunity rather than a burden for, for this team to create the kind of, what did you say, a buzz or euphoria <laughs> that so far has been, has been missing? Uh, and will, will another big win be enough for people to take the streets with flags of black, uh, red and gold? Or do we have to wait for that a little bit longer? Uh, we have probably have to wait, but but I think there, um, uh, when we look at the TV ratings, for example, for the, for the game against France, uh, the, um, uh, Germany had more than 10 million uh, people watching. Uh, against uh, or at the US, it was uh, about seven million. These numbers are good, not phenomenal, but 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 very decent. And um, and I think it's um, if people get the feeling uh, that these grim times of of boring fo football on on boring football is probably the wrong expression of of disappointing football in 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 uh, so many um aspects not only results um uh, that these are over i think it, it it will take some time um to 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 totally change the atmosphere because these problems have been going on now for yeah uh, five years or so um, more or less, so it uh, it won't change in in some weeks with two or three games, um, but it's a beginning. It's a it's a beginning, and I think everybody feels it. Um, 
I think you have to to put the uh, this game also in contact with uh, context with the one against France, uh, where Germany won one nil. Probably a bit were a bit lucky uh, this time. I think they totally deserve to to win, and uh, yeah, it's 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 a good good starting point. And I think it's not only not only the results, but especially the way. The team is playing, and what we saw saw um, in Hartford, Connecticut, um, was a very good starting point. Uh, like Nagelsmann's shirt, the game was checkered, uh, considering that the first half was wasn't all that great. But in the end, pleasant enough on the eye. So all good in that respect. A final word on Julian Nagelsmann: good way of soccer as he explained on on Friday, is this the kind of setup that can win you tournaments? Or is it a little bit too open and too much emphasis on the attack and on the entertainment factor? As you know, um, recently I've been a bit obsessed um, by the question of balance in football. <laughs> so... Uh, in a way, this seems to be the eternal miracle of um, uh, of uh, successful football teams. If you manage to find the right balance between attacking and defending, creating goal chances, preventing the opponent from from having one, um, I think uh, in that respect, the German national team was very unbalanced uh, in recent times, uh, and now it's better. And um, I, I think um, that you, uh, Julian Nagelsmann is aware of this problem and um, that um, he has time to develop this team a bit more. And, and coming back to this um, switch from the first half or change from the first half to the second half, Uh, where uh, he made some adjustments and uh, almost uh, prevented uh, the U.S. team from from getting anything in the in the second half. Um, it shows uh, he that uh, what we already knew before. Tactically, he is a very good uh, manager, and I think um, we. Mm, He also will be very, very careful, and and hopefully he knows that in uh, uh, with uh, national teams, you're very often in competition where uh, one one game can be decisive, and if you're too open and um, be overrun or or whatever, uh, you're gone home. Or in the case of um, when you're playing at home. Uh, have to hide somewhere <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> All right. Let's hope that uh, won't be the case. In the meantime, um, no reason to hide after a very decent start to his tenure as uh, Bundestrainer, as Germany national team manager. Uh, that was uh, Beer and Honey. I was Rafael Honigstein. I was Christoph Biermann. And we say bye-bye. We say bye-bye. Beer and Honey, the German football podcast.